I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There is no better group of pots of flower power than forms of the shrubby potentilla. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook here to answer some of your gardening queries. Later on, we go behind the scenes where gardeners never go to talk about plant breathing. My guest this week, from Curly & Co, is Tim Curley. Our thanks to Sutton Seeds, sponsors of this week's podcast. Well, it's become something of a tradition on... Uh, this podcast to mention the weather and this week that uh, icy blast from the north really took my breath away uh, and it got down to uh, pretty well freezing zero centigrade in my polytunnel even boy i hate that i just have my fingers crossed that we miss the hail uh, that's been falling in birmingham i believe if that cuts through leaves it absolutely slaughters our show plants this is a time of year when I sow my runner beans or start sowing because I make one sowing now out in the soil where I want them to grow and another one in four weeks time so there's a succession. The cloches which came off, plastic cloches which came off the sweet peas will go over the runner beans just to give that bit of frost protection if we do have a cold night. It's a good time too to be sowing all of the annual seeds, things like cornflower and calendula, clarkia, larkspur, all lovely garden plants, very easy, you just need a packet of seed. And if you haven't grown these things before, sow them in rows and add a little bit of radish. It's what we call an indicator crop. The radish germinates very quickly and shows you where the other flowers will follow. Plants like larkspur can be quite slow, may take three weeks or so before you see them coming up and of course the radish have been pulled and eaten by the time the flowers need all the space. I like to sow zinnias too. Zinnias are great cut flowers and uh, in the Fleuroselect European campaign they've got zinnia as the plant of the year. They come in all kinds of heights, sizes, flower shapes and colours and there's very good kinds for bedding too so uh, just sow a few seeds nice little bit of friable soil and they'll be up pretty quickly it's time too to put tomatoes into uh, cold greenhouses can't go outside yet it's much too cold and if you're buying tomato plants if i could just give you uh, two words of warning have a look at the seed leaves that's the first two leaves just above the compost if they're yellow and even worse if the leaves above them the natural leaves are purplish it's a good indication that they've had a really cold check. And with that frost last uh, week, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, some plants at uh, retail establishments have got those purple leaves. Give those a miss. Once a tomato has had a really good cold check, then I'm afraid it'll take a long time to recover. And you're much better to wait until you can find some really nice, young, bright green leaf plants. Now what's on? Well, 
I'm getting all kinds of uh, news from the BBC Gardener's World Live show, which will be held in June at the NEC in Birmingham. It's a rather special show because uh, Gardener's World, the TV programme, is celebrating 50 years. It's its golden anniversary. And I think that they've got... uh, flowers and plants that were named after quite a number of the uh, presenters over the years. I mean, Percy Thrower, I don't know whether they're showing his rose or his sweet pea. And of course, Alan Titchmarsh, you know, he has a lupin and a sweet pea. So there'll be uh, namesake plants in a whole series of gardens. And uh, presenters from over the years will be giving uh, talks and meeting the public through that show. Closer to home, on the 28th and 29th, Toby Buckland's got his garden festival at Powderham Castle. And on the 29th to the 30th of April, it's the Harlow Car Spring Plant Festival. So there are things right up in Yorkshire and down in the southwest, which will make a really nice day out. Today I'm very pleased to uh, introduce to you a young man that uh, has my admiration. Uh, He really has a commitment to the horticultural business and his name is Tim Curley. Tim, how are things in Cambridgeshire today? They're very bright and sunny. It's a glorious day and um, everything's moving very fast in the greenhouse. Almost too fast. I think we're about two or three weeks ahead of where we expect to be at this stage. Now I wonder if we could start out by explaining to listeners how the Curley family business in plant breeding started. I mean, your dad was into breeding, wasn't he? He trained as a plant breeder when he was um, in college, and he actually had a spell in Holland um, training with a very large company over there. But actually, as his career developed, plant breeding became more of a hobby, and he ended up as um, commercial director of Unwind Seeds. But as I said, he was still breeding as um, a hobby. And as part of that, he also was um, leading the Unwind's sweet pea breeding trials. And one day, I think mum probably got a bit fed up with the fact that she never saw her husband. He was either either doing his day job as a commercial director or he was in the um, Unwind sweet pea trials or he was in his own greenhouse playing around breeding. So one day, um, mum went down to the greenhouse and said to dad, look, you're always doing this breeding malarkey. Can you show me what this is all about? And this was um, in 1995, just after Sophinia Petunia had hit the market. It was an outstanding success. So Dad said, I'll tell you what, I've had an idea. We can take this Sophinia Petunia and put a double flower on it. I've got the plants here. Why don't you do the cross? I'll show you how it works, and then we'll see what happens. 1996, out of 100 seedlings that she grew, one plant was what turned out to be Priscilla. Now, Priscilla was the world's first double-trailing petunia and also has a marvellous attribute of also being scented. This year is actually the 21st year Priscilla has been sold on the market and is still our top-selling variety. And still a leader internationally, isn't it? If we're going to judge a double petunia, we tend to judge it against Priscilla. It is the benchmark. It is the benchmark, absolutely. Dad took that to Unwinds and said, I've got this new plant. I think we should try selling it in the catalogue. And that first year, they sold 105,000 plants, he tells me. And the price for them was nearly £10 for six plug plants. So you can imagine the fellow directors starting rubbing their hands with glee. You're talking a million pounds from, from one money. chance seedling in somebody's back garden. That's right. 
it proves that actually anybody can have a go at plant breeding and be incredibly successful. The directors were delighted with this, um, with this result and started demanding more colours. Mum and Dad, they were running out of time. They were selecting petunias, seedling petunias, in their hobby greenhouse in the garden, under lights in the middle of the night. And in the end, Mum turned to Dad and said, David, there's not enough time in the, in the day anymore. Something's got to go. And it was at that point that Dad made the very brave decision to leave Unwins, give up his job as director, and go full-time into breeding. Yeah, breeding's a real gamble, isn't it? You know, just... It is. Now, he had three boys who were close to or coming towards the age of university, and all the fees associated with that. Yeah. That is how Curly & Co. was formed. But then what's your background? Obviously, you, you know, as a child you saw all this going on. So yeah. how were you trained? Did you follow your dad's practice? Well, my first training in horticulture actually came working on the allotment with dad. Every Saturday morning, myself and my three brothers all jumped in the car with dad. We went down to the allotment and worked there. But I didn't actually really have any um, ideas of going into horticulture until I just started helping out in the family business, as you do. And I think really to start with, what really got me excited about this industry was the people we were working with. Such a friendly bunch of people. And I also started to get the bug for breeding just by, you know, you start to do some crosses. And the following year, you grow out the ceilings and start to see new things pop out. And eventually that bug does get hold of you. You never lose that, Tim, do you? That... You never lose that. I no. tell you, my father's, well, he's officially actually past retiring age and he's still telling me about projects he's going to start when he retires, so. <laughs> <laughs> but you did have formal horticultural training, didn't you? Yeah. I did then have formal horticultural training. Um, I went to Reading University and I did a course in horticulture, which was um, very general, but did give me a good background understanding of plant science and how plants tick but then to sort of really hone in on the plant breeding techniques I went um, to Holland for six months and I worked for Syngenta. There's a big name now in plant breeding yeah. Syngenta is a very big name very successful very good at what they do and they were very kind they opened up a breeding department to me showed me everything and I learned a lot of useful techniques from just watching and talking to the breeders there. That was a wonderful experience because it's difficult to get into the Syngenta breeding. Even us, those of us as horticultural journalists, you know, they're very Absolutely. sniffy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. After I'd been uh, to Syngenta, I had to go back and do my final year at university. And then I yes, was awarded a scholarship to um, spend one year um, in the States. And um, that was a joint scholarship between the David Colgrave Foundation in the UK and um, Ed Markham in the USA. And actually, the idea of the scholarship, um, the technical phrase for it, I think, is to enhance your cultural experience while you're out there, which is actually a very good idea because when you go on these traineeships, often you're just about giving enough to stay alive, but not enough to enjoy the country. But that was a wonderful experience, wasn't it, seeing the American breeding and mass production? Absolutely, yeah. It, I actually focus more on the production over in America, um, I had six months on the Olympic Peninsula near Seattle, which is a beautiful area of the country. And um, so lots of very good growers, but smaller growers in that area. And then I moved down to Michigan and I had six months or five months working for a mass producer, producing for Home Depot, which is their equivalent of Homebase or B&Q. 
And at that time, they were producing five million geraniums a year. And that was part of their production. Five million, yeah. One nursery, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Absolutely. Well, can we bring you right up to date? You said that, that you were in a greenhouse with this uh, interview. Can you just describe what surrounds you? Certainly. On one side of me, I have the petunia pot trial. So all of our new genetics, we test them extensively before they're released. And what we have to do is make sure that our petunias are easy to grow for a commercial grower because it's no good having a fantastic flower if the thing grows two feet long in a pot because a commercial grower doesn't have the space to do that. So we test everything in a small pot, in a 10 centimeter pot, as most people would buy in a garden center and just check that it works okay in those sort of situations. And have you got anything exciting this year? Is there something there which uh, lights your father's eyes? There are a few things catching my eye, but I'd be giving the game away to tell you what right now. <laughs> you have to come and see us to find that out. And on the other side of me, I have um, the Calendula breeding trial. And the Calendula is a new introduction for us. We had the Power Daisy launched at Chelsea last year. And um, this Power Daisy is a lovely golden yellow. But now we're working hard to try and bring other colours into... Um, the Power Daisy series with the same attributes. So I'm looking across a sea of oranges and yellows and whites, bicolors, tricolors. How long then before we see some partners to uh, Sunny? We're hoping it may be, it should be within the next year, if not two years. But I mean, that's very much your baby, isn't it? That is, yes. Um, I actually was inspired to start this program when I was in um, Holland. I was in the garden of a seedsman over in Holland an afternoon and here got this crazy looking plant in a hanging basket that I didn't recognize which was a calendula species that was new to me just something about it made me think that perhaps we can do something with calendula by crossing in this new species and turn sort of what is a sort of the humble pot marigold into something a bit more of a superstar so I came back very excited with my idea and told dad when I got back to England he did slightly steal my thunder by saying, well, yes, I had the same idea. The plants are already in the greenhouse waiting for you to start crossing. <laughs> so I wasn't sure whether to be pleased that he'd had the same good idea or disappointed that he'd taken my idea. But Fathers can be really frustrating, <laughs> can't they? Yeah. <laughs> they certainly can, yes. <laughs> I wasn't sure if his great minds were like, thinking they're like or fools, but there we go. Yeah. We'll, time will tell. But power days is a fantastic thing, isn't it? Repeat flowers, sterile mildew resistant you know you've bred a lot of characters into that haven't you we have actually managed to breed in more characters than we even originally envisaged it was just a case of going through hundreds and or well, thousands and thousands of seedlings over the last um always getting on for 12 years now and suddenly finding new characteristics popping up that we need said we need to incorporate for example sterility nobody knew about that, that sterility was possible you know no seed set was possible in calendula and, of and course, just walking through a field of calendula, suddenly you found one with no seeds. And if you have got that sterility, the plant just keeps flowering, doesn't it? If it... Absolutely, the plant just keeps flowering. It also means that um, you don't get calendulas taking over your garden. Tim, just finally, what can we look forward to at Chelsea? You've got uh, two or three novelties there for us, I think. We have. They're actually behind me right now as I speak. We have, um, in our Cumberlina series, we have a new sky blue double being introduced called Maria, which is a lovely um, sort of lilac-y sky colour. We also have Buzz Purple, which is um, probably a Marmite plant, but I hate it. 
It has a deep purple flower with a deep green rim around the edge. Um, and we have Ink Splash, which, as the name suggests, is a lovely rich blue flower and it has a white splash through the middle of it. Well, we look forward to seeing both you and those novelties at Chelsea, Tim. Thank you very much for your time today and get back on that hose, you know. <laughs> we need to soon, yes. Thank you. If you're interested to see Tim in his working environment with some of those latest power daisies, then have a look at sungardening.co.uk where you'll see a picture of him. We've also got pictures of schoolchildren growing mint in teapots ready for the Chelsea Flower Show. Now when it comes to uh, readers' letters and questions, there's an interesting one here that comes from uh, Mrs Laughlin. She comes from Coatbridge. I've a lovely spring flower in one of my tubs. I don't have a garden. The plants were given to me a few years ago by a friend who has now died. He couldn't tell me the name of the plant. It has uh, green spotted white leaves and the flowers are pink and lilac, both colours on the one plant. When he first gave me the plants, they filled the tub. But although they come up every year, there are less plants every year. What, what information could you give me? Well, I, th I think without a picture, this sounds very much to me like what we commonly call the lungwort, pulmonaria. And it got that common name because of the white spots on the leaves. And the interesting thing is that the flowers change colour as they age. So they go from pink to mauve as they get older. Now I would think that your plant in the pot just needs a bit of freshening up. I would think the compost is getting a bit stale. It's not a perfect time to actually split it while it's in flower. So I would just take some of the old compost off the top carefully and put a bit of fresh in and give the plant a little bit of food. I think it's rather nice that we have these plants which remind us of people. My garden's full of them. It's a great thing, I think, to acknowledge birthdays and special events by planting a tree or giving a plant. And if you have a very special plant, they always say you should share it because if yours happens to die, you can then go back to the person that you shared it with and you can get some replacements. The pulmonaria can be split up, but I wait until after it was flowered. Thanks again to our sponsors this week, Sutton Seeds of Torquay. And thanks to you for listening. We'll be back next Thursday. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm -hmm.